What's up, planner lovers? It's your girl, Sharice, and I'm back for this week's episode of the Plan on Purpose podcast. This week, we have Elaine Michelle coming to us, giving her story, and it is definitely one you want to listen to. You know her all in the planner community as your budget bestie. She is out here giving us all the tips and tricks and showing us her journey with paying off debt. But today, we are not just hearing a story of her budget planning journey, but really hearing how she had to pivot and shift in 2020 and how right now she's working and doing everything she can to really fight for herself, her son, and her business. So, hey, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and share it with a friend. Head on over to Instagram at Plan on Purpose and leave a comment and let me know how this podcast really resonated with you. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining me today and just for chatting with me um, about your journey. Tell me first, I ask this question to everyone, how did you get started planning? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. <laughs> and um, I'm so excited to be here. I love talking. So, we, you know, that's the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I started planning when I was a wee little pup. Um, I can remember my dad getting me a planner that he had like from work. So like it was a Franklin Kobe or Covey, however we supposed to say it. Um, but it was one of those types of planners. And I just had like sheets in there and I would like plan out my day. I'm going to feed my stuffed animals. Um, I'm going to work at the grocery store that was in my room. Um, right. I'm going to do these math problems. This is when number crunchers was like really popular. So I did number crunchers. <laughs> yeah. It was like a whole thing. Um, and so that was probably like when I was five or six. And I mean, it just kind of stayed with me the whole entire time I was in school. I was the girl who like, if you looked in my agenda for school, I had the assignments written down. I had what I was going to do for that day. I was never without it. Like you didn't have, like people would borrow my agenda to go to the bathroom, to use one of my bathroom passes. Like that's yeah. how, <laughs> that's how much people knew that like I kept up with my planner. So it's, it's been a whole like lifetime for me. I can't remember life without a planner. So you are a planner girl and you've kind of been one for a while, but when you started your journey on YouTube, you started in the beauty community. So tell me a little bit about how you went from kind of being more so in the beauty community to jumping over to financial planning. Oh, wow. Um, so my whole intention, which is this is kind of funny because I actually rebranded myself here um, probably after I lost my job. Um, but yeah. I started out in the beauty community because I wanted to be your friend that would tell you how products were before you had to go buy them. So my mm. goal was to be that person to tell you like, uh-uh, girl, this is how it looks. You'll need this, but get this one or try this. And what I realized very uh, quickly, uh, well, actually, I kind of got pregnant too, but uh, mm. there's a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. in between that, what I realized was that it was very, very saturated. And so mm. even if I did, like I had access to getting products early, I was doing it. I was doing everything that I could. Um, to kind of put myself out there and it was growing, but growing very, very, very slowly. I think I had like a hundred subscribers and I was so excited, like a hundred people, which don't like, 
I think people don't take time to appreciate that. And I definitely did. I was like, if I put a hundred people in a room and they are following me, like, and they're there, like real people there, that's a lot of people in the room that love you and care about you. Um, so I, I always take that approach to my numbers and stuff, but I was just, wasn't getting the, the love. Like I would have my, my community of people that were watching, but it just wasn't going anywhere. I had a few videos that did well. Um, so I started incorporating more things that I love, like more things that were a part of my life. And that was the planning aspect. So I would do a, a beauty video, then I would do a plan with me video. And the planner community was like, yes, come on, we will have you. And I'm like, will you? Okay, sure. So I started incorporating more hauls with planning stuff and still stayed on the beauty side a little bit. Um, and then I just really went heavy into planning and it kind of shifted my channel. And then I actually started watching Tina Bopper and I was obsessed with watching Tina Bopper. Like almost like every day I was on her channel and yeah. um, she started doing her budget in her happy planner. And I was like, girl, what? In a happy planner, we could do a budget in a planner. You know, I had been hmm. doing my budget in a notebook and mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute, they make a budget planner. Where have I been? So I started doing my research and I was like, oh yes, let me try this. So I, I honestly, I did it. I threw it out there and people loved it. And, um, I haven't looked back since. So now it's, um, it's almost where I'm at the point. I'm just trying to incorporate me into everything like everything I want people to see from if even if it's makeup even if it's doing my nails if and if it's budgeting planning any anything that I'm doing I want you to see me in it and not uh feel threatened or feel like it's just this um unreachable thing like I want to be down to earth so that's where the whole bestie thing comes from and and kind of how I shifted into this whole atmosphere of budgeting and planning and stuff <laughs> Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm definitely here for that. You recognize that you were already kind of doing some things and you saw it and you're like, hey, why not share this part um, of my life too? So that's really dope. Mm -hmm. So you've been having, I, mean, I think everybody has been <laughs> in a sort of up and down as it comes to finances, thanks to COVID. Mm -hmm. And I know um, we had chatted about this, but I would like to hear the story of what happened to you when you lost your job. Because I know you shared that. Like, what happened and what was that like for you when you lost your job? Oh, man. Losing my job was uh, scary, uh, exciting, uh, crazy. <laughs> All of yeah. the above because um, I had actually, I had a video last year I didn't put up. Um, I ended up, like, hurting myself and stuff. Well, not hurting myself, but I had an injury from my birth control implant. And so I wasn't able to keep up with my vlogmas videos. But in one of those videos, I actually said like, man, I wish that I had a partner so that I could, you know, just focus on my job because my current, I mean, um, on my work, my own stuff. And I used my job like that was my crutch because it took care of me and my son. I knew that was the consistent, that's the insurance, that's the this, that's the that. that all that comes with having a corporate, you know, salary position, everything was very stable. Um, but I wanted to put more into me and I couldn't do that at the time. So if we went from, that was December, 2019, June 5th, 2020, um, I lost my job due to quote unquote, like downsizing. Um, but what it really was, was from COVID. We just weren't 
making the money. And even though my position was a necessary position, they could actually put someone for lower pay into that position and have them, you know, kind of do their job and do mine at the same time and still make it work. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was devastated when I lost that job. So uh, I did, I I went off, I I was, I, I did go off my feelings and my emotions took over me in that moment because I felt betrayed and I felt embarrassed. And I was like, they could have did me so much better than that, but whatever. Um, so I did, I let off a, a few bombs. Um, and then they gave me my paper and they told me about my severance. And so my severance package was lit. Okay. My severance package was like, oh, my bad, y'all. I'll take back a couple of mess bombs. Sorry about that. You know what? I shouldn't have even said. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna just go ahead, head, just head out. You got your right account number. Okay, right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna head out. Head out. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna <laughs> head out. This is this is okay with me. You know, I'm good. Um. So after I like everything settled in and I got my mind together, um, it was it was a loss for me, a very big loss. And in that same breath, it was like God just spoke to me and He was like, "You got this. This is what you wanted. I've prepared a way for you." And when I looked at the amount of my severance check, it was like, girl, I didn't have to go to work. I mean, I literally didn't have to, the way I budgeted and planned myself out, if I wanted to, between my severance and what I had put up in savings, I didn't have to go back into work until 2021 sometime. If I would have stuck to, you know, what I was doing and stuff. But um, in the meantime of me doing that, I said, I want to bet on me. You know, I really want to take a moment to focus on me and see what I can do with that and see where it goes. Um, So I didn't apply for jobs uh, during this time. I really didn't. I I only began to apply as, uh, well, because my severance, they were still paying me like I was still working. So if that makes sense. So I was still getting like a paycheck, like, oh, payday. (laughs) Um, So it wasn't one big lump sum of a payment. Um, So that helped as well with managing my money. Um, And two, I I took some of my savings and I just started reinvesting. I reinvested it into my shop. I got some things for there. And then I did a rebranding for myself. So I really wasn't focused on going back to work. My brother was like, hey, you can come work here as my office manager. You can still get your stuff done that you need to get done because I actually pulled um, put my t-shirt machine upstairs in his office. I mean, at his shop anyways. So it just kind of worked out. I was getting a page, another paycheck. So that was like helping me with the small things around. And I was still able to keep my savings where it was. So I was like super excited. Um, it wasn't until August I started, um, I applied for, I actually put my application in, in June, um, just on a humbug, someone told me to apply for this company and I applied for them in June, didn't hear anything back until July, July, they sent me a message and they're like, Hey, um, can you uh, give us some times with it to work? I didn't end up interviewing with them until the end of July. Then here comes August. And then I get my second interview. I'm like, okay, great. Two interviews did well on that one. Then they told me it'll be six to eight weeks before the third interview. Okay. Oof. Now, Again, I'm still like, I don't really want no job for real, but if it comes, then this is meant for me to happen. So I did my third, I did my second interview, my birthday rolled around. I'm like, yo, it looks like I'm going to be here. You know, like, do I take, I had some other jobs, like people um, were offering me positions uh, just from being family members and stuff like that. So they were like, Hey, you know, come fill out this. And they just kind of wanted, not they, but 
they weren't paying me what I knew I could get. And I was like, it makes no sense for me to alter my life and I'm not getting the pay that I need to be getting to go back to work work because me and my brother was living good. Like I come to work, my son was going with me. That was another bonus. So while he was in virtual school, he was coming with me. Um, and then my birthday was September 23rd. That that Sunday, I actually had put in, um, let's see, that Sunday, I p- paid some tithes. Um, and I did an extra offering on top of that because Bishop said, I want you to sow a seed for what you want. And I had not heard from them. And I was like, man, you know, like, am I going to hear from them? I just want to know, like, so I can, you know, kind of get my mind together because I've been in, in this waiting zone. And mm-hmm. um, so... I sold that seed on that Sunday, September 28th. I got the email that they wanted to do an interview with me. Um, and I was hired to start on October the 12th. Come on now. I am, yeah, like I am ecstatic. That I tell the story every time because it means so much to me. If we look at it I, overall, I was laid off of my job. I got paid to leave that job, okay? And then when I got this job, um, right as I was probably, I wouldn't have to dig into savings or anything like that, but right as I was like kind of itching, like, what do I do? Then the, this job came and they paid me to come onto the job. <laughs> yeah. See? So that was a blessing in its own self. Like, how do you leave a job, get paid for it? Then they pay you to come work. Like, on top of your regular, you know, salary. And they were, you know, they came to me with more than what I asked for. So I was excited about that. I got more than what I was asked for. I got a bonus, a sign-on bonus, and then I actually got an additional bonus that will hit once I've been there for a year. All right, now. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things that I know um, about your story is that you are a single parent. And so you Mm -hmm. shared a lot about how you've been able to kind of maneuver through some things, but there is a stigma around being able to be financially responsible and be a single parent. What do you think makes your journey different? I never stop. Okay. Um, even when I had um, I had a little breakdown after my son was born um, due to circumstances from his father, um, but I never stopped. He's always been at the forefront of why I keep going because there's a little person that needs me. Um, and I think the stigma happens because so many women are not fed into that they can. And so they're trying to prove other people wrong instead of focusing on the positive of it, if that makes sense. So let me try to explain that. I I feel like whenever I'm talking to like, I have some younger cousins and family, you know, other family members um, who have had children at a young age and they feel like they're kind of stuck in a certain situation like I can't do this I gotta do this and I'm like so why don't you shift that conversation and turn it around and look at all the things you are doing look at how amazing you are taking care of your kids you you have two kids and you're getting them to school every day and you're getting yourself to work every day you are feeding them whether or not it's on food stamps or you're paying it you are feeding your children like there are so many people who can't say that so when you shift your conversation to turning it to a positive instead of a negative for me I look at it like man, okay, so I got to go harder for my son. Like, and in the process, it's made me go harder for me because if I love on me, my son sees that. My son sees how his mom is doing all of this, you know, and she's making things happen. He 
calls me like he'll be at his grandparents house and he'll see something on tv and he's like uh mom i was just thinking maybe we could get this i'm like you got some coins he was like i don't know we'll have to look at my coins when i get back but that's the type of thing we're teaching yeah, you know yeah. when i'm saying we like i'm teaching my son yeah. to be appreciative of stuff and to really understand how this whole thing works as me and him i always tell him we are all we got so if we don't treat each other right then this whole thing isn't going to work it don't matter how many people we have as a support system it has to be me and him so for single moms i I think we get caught up in that stigma of you're not going to do this here you can't do this and it's like yes i can Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it for me. I'm not doing it for you. I don't want to prove you anything. I want to prove this to me and I want to prove this to my son. And changing your vocabulary, like single mom is not a death sentence. It's just something that we've put a stigma on and everybody has a different story. It's all about how you choose to navigate and narrate your story for yourself. And so my financial situation, I did go to college. I graduated with a degree in telecommunications. Now I say that because I try to let people know I am nowhere close to being in the field that I graduated in. Okay. Telecommunications <laughs> has nothing to do with supply chain management. Um, so the, the money that I've been able to make in this field that is not mine is nothing. I give it to nothing but God, but that piece of paper that I have is what got me through the door. My experience and my skill sets that I've learned along the way has gotten me further in my career. So it's not so much, I, uh, you know, people say, oh, I didn't go to school right after whatever. Go back and get you a piece of paper. It don't matter if it's a certificate that shows you have some stuff that you can do, uh, associate's degree, uh, you know, master, uh, bachelor's degree, whatever it is, get you a piece of paper behind your name so that you have something that you can fight for and say, I'm worth it. Here I am, you know, able to say like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm beating the odds. And I, I look at my story every day, like I'm not supposed to be here, but I am. And I'm thankful for it. And, I, and that's what keeps me going. So um, in 2021, we definitely are looking for ways to kind of crush our financial goals, right? We're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a lot of different things in People are starting businesses. People are, like you said, picking up side hustles, doing all sorts of things because the reality is we're still in this COVID situation. A lot of people have no idea when or how they're going to get out of it. You are super into financial planning. What's your advice for people who are looking to to really accomplish some of their goals? Uh, For me, it's all about the planning process. Like it's really the planning that goes into you creating where you want to be. I am really big on manifestation. And I believe if you write the vision and you make it plain for yourself, it will happen. And you won't even realize it's happening because you're actively moving in that direction and not even realizing this is what you already wrote down and you manifested. You're working your goals. I say create three goals for yourself. You know, you want to create a monthly goal that you can reach and attain, create a quarterly goal and create a yearly goal. And those are going to help you to to really navigate through everything you're going through on a daily basis because you have goals in mind that you're trying to reach. And I tell people don't like over 
overreach your goals, like definitely focus on, you know, things that are can can be attainable. Like I'm not going to say I'm going to become a millionaire next year. By all means, it could happen. But for me, I got to set realistic goals. Like this year, I just want to, uh, I made, let's say last year, I made $100,000. I put that on my taxes. So this year, I want to make 120000 You know what I'm saying? Like, I want that to be my overarching goal. When it comes down to it, I want to say I made this much money. So how do I get to that point? So then I break it down and I say, okay, so this is, I got to have my job. I got to bring this much income in. My side hustles got to bring me this much in. Okay, so what side hustles make the most money? How can I um, effectively and efficiently and not adjust my family time to make this happen? Now, this is the prime time to start planning. This is the time for you to really take a moment and say what I want to do, how I want to get there and sit down and put it in writing and really think about it. Don't be on the go. I know we get these, we get our aha moments from anywhere, but it's that time that you sit down, you light your candle, you get your wine, you get your notebook out and you sit down and you plan out. Here's where I am now. And here's where I want to be. And you bridge those gaps of how you can get there. I think that's that's great. I mean, I do a lot of planning as well. And financial planning is always something that is a struggle, right? Because you have all these things that you want to do and you know for a fact that certain things are going to happen, but you can't predict the future. You you can't predict, mm-hmm. like you said, like you had losing your job or you can't predict a serious thing happening that you have to pay for. Um, so planning is definitely the key, I think, to to becoming just to to become a financially stable and for getting your goals accomplished it really is yeah so you're talking a lot about your your side hustle and things that you are done you've done with your brand what's your advice for anyone who would like to start kind of their side hustle or just thinking about something outside of their main job but don't have a large amount of capital okay i always tell people that your gift will make room for you and I know that's so cliche. It sounds like, oh, you know, this this thing that we've heard so many times and it has. But when is the last time you actually listened to that and, and really took that for what it is? A lot of us have so many passions and gifts inside of us, but we're so busy doing everything else that we haven't even tapped into that potential that we have. And when I say your gift will make room for you, he's already given us gifts inside every single person for you to use and make money, barter for, whatever it is you, that you need to do. So um, let's say you are, um, you're a teacher, right? And times is you know a little difficult right now, even for teachers. So even though this is one of the most, like what people say, like the most stable jobs, because you'll always need teachers, right? Um, but it, it's not that lucrative. So how do you make a teacher job be lucrative? You start your own outside. So how can I do that in a virtual climate? Well, now you can do online tutoring. Right. You can create an atmosphere where you're tutoring kids and you can charge up to $30 to have one-on-one because as we know, if you have any kids that are doing virtual learning, they're in a class of 20-something kids and the teacher doesn't have that same interaction with all of them because it's so big. Even when they break it down to small groups, they're still virtual and you can't 
really touch that student the way you do in a classroom. So if we're still in virtual, you know, you can still do your virtual tutoring where you take a one-on-one with a child and get that opportunity to really help them to grow into what they need. And then you can offer also offer, you know, classes like classes for parents, um, how to help them with different stuff, um, create a YouTube channel on how to do different homework assignments. See, I'm always thinking about where the money going to come from. And so if people are thinking, oh, well, people aren't going to pay for that. You'll be surprised what people will pay for if you offer yeah. it. Don't ever discredit your thought for being, uh, you know, try to negate it with, oh, I wouldn't pay for that. Would somebody really? Yes, people pay for some of the weirdest stuff you would ever think of, but you have to put yourself out there. So if you're just getting started, I would say really sit down and write out a list of things that you are passionate about and then assess how you can really turn that passion um, into money. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I think I feel like both of us are using multiple talents <laughs> that mm-hmm. we have to do all the things. So mm-hmm. I'm always here for that. Now you did talk uh, a little bit about, again, we, we're still kind of sticking to the hot side hustle conversation, but there are some people who don't have that yet or who have experienced huge losses based on what's going on with COVID and based on just what's going on in general with all the changes. We're hoping that some of the, you know, new um, things that we have coming up will help us, you know, I know you're talking about them loans. Come on, we talking about getting the loans, <laughs> you know, just go ahead and swipe that. So I just see zero. But anyway, um, <laughs> wait, girl, patiently, <laughs> actually impatiently, but we, you know, right. so tell me a little bit um, about some advice you might have for someone who really doesn't have a side hustle, but needs to plan for a loss, a possible loss of income. Because again, we're talking about planning and getting, you know, ready for those financial goals. So one of the things might be, I need to make sure that I have enough money just in case something happens, but I don't, you know, have a huge amount of money coming in. How do you plan for something like that? You know, if we're just being honest, I don't, I don't think anyone can really truly plan for it, but they can get themselves into a position where they're, they're able to handle it better. Um, and when I say that, I say it like most people don't have a thousand dollars in the bank, just being honest. Yeah. Um, most people don't have one month of, you know, expenses in the bank ready to go in case something happens. So just like you said, like, how do I get there? And I don't have that income. Um, it's about preparation. If this is the time now to start getting prepared for, okay, so how can I, um, spend less money. Um, how can I save here? Maybe I don't get that extra subscription. Um, maybe I cut down on my groceries. Maybe I do, um, less on the TV. Um, maybe I cut off one of these phone lines that aren't necessary. What does saving money look like for you? And how can you make that beneficial for you? Especially like for those who are trying to get their side hustles up. I mean, it's, it's sacrifice you may have to take an extra job that's going to require you to spend less time with your kids for a while. That's the way it looks. And I know that people don't want to hear that. um, But that's what reality is. You have to sacrifice the now for the future. What do you want it to look like in six months? Okay. So I'm going to take this job for six months. Everything I get from this job is literally going into a savings account. That's it. 
Um, you don't spend it, you don't nothing. And it may seem like not worth it because you're like, I'm not even using this money. I can't do it. But this money is going to help you. And then in the process, like if you aren't able to get like an out of home job, look at some at home positions that you can take where you can work it for a call center from home. You know, how can you be doing something that's beneficial to your time and to your lifestyle and still make money? So I think it's all about that preparation piece of it, just sitting down and assessing where you are and really understanding what your life needs to be for this right now to get to where you want to be for later. I think that's great advice. Just looking at where you are and seeing where you could adjust some things because we just don't know. We don't know what's Mm -hmm. going to happen. And it's not, it's not like for me, COVID has been a eye opener and I hope it's been an eye opener for everyone because there were so many people that like, had they not did the renters thing, like there were people who were irresponsible, let's be clear. Like we know that, but had they not did the renters thing, had they not did the um, unemployment extra money that they had, we would have so many families living on these streets. Like when they cut off the, the renters, they cut off renters, um, like whatever that thing was, it like saved you from having to pay a rent. They cut that off. And then they also did, uh, they did away with the extra bonus on the unemployment. When they did that, and I'm in here in Memphis, they had so many people who were saying they were getting evicted. Yeah. With families. Yeah. With, you know, all this stuff going, I'm like, I cannot imagine. So I need people to make sure that they are really looking into this and, and not taking it as free money, but taking this as a time to really invest in their families and into themselves. Right. What would you say was your biggest, shift um from 2020 like what what happened I mean outside of obviously the whole job thing like but what what happened what would you say like I used to think this way and now I'm thinking this way uh it's the mentality of really trusting trusting God and allowing him to be my crutch instead of using my job as my crutch um I really had to do some self-reflections and and I'm a church girl all day, you know, (laughs) I love God, you know, so I, I grew up with that mentality, but I had to trust him for me and not for what my mama said he'd do or what my grandmama told me this was for me. And in that process, it was him teaching me about learning to bet on myself and being okay with who I was. So let me, let me break that down because I'm very humbled and because I, I grew up to be so humbled, um, it was a gift and a curse. So I never let stuff go to my head. But then I also didn't, didn't um, what's a good word for this? I also did everything scared, if that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I never wanted to like put too much emphasis on me. And I try to, you know, for, deflect away from the me and me. And, and I would build other people up. And I wouldn't build myself up. I never wanted to make people feel like I think I'm this or I'm that. Um, and a part of that has to do not just with how I was raised, but I went through a, a situation where I was bullied. And people bullied me in school because my parents, we were we were middle class, upper middle class type people. Um, my parents were older. So when they had, you know, a lot of my classmates had parents who were still in their 30s. My parents was well off into their 40s and 50s. So, you know, I grew up in a different 
atmosphere where my parents were stabilized. They had, they had went through their struggle with my brothers and here I come and now they're more stable. And so I had a car right at 16. I had a job. I had, you know, anytime a pair of shoes came out, I got them. You know, I was very, um, what they thought that, you know, I was spoiled. I, I had this, I had that, I had all these things that people didn't normally have. And so I got, I got bullied for the things my parents did for me. And so I shied away from um, advertising my myself or, you know, like that type of thing, like trying to pump myself up, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. girl, you know, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. Like, I didn't do that because it made people feel a certain way. And so dealing with Shay, and I have to thank her for this, um, Shay really opened my eyes to just really saying it's okay for me to like go hard for me like it's okay for me to promote myself because she was like girl you got these stickers and stuff why don't why don't you use your own stuff in your videos right and right. I'd be like uh she was like stop it stop doing it <laughs> like she was like oh, she yeah. was literally like that friend that turns into your business partner that's really like Look now, we trying to do this. You gonna have to come up off of that that mentality. You gonna have to come up off that. But because I had my job, you know, I I really didn't take, not that I didn't take it seriously, but I always said that this is my side hustle. Like so, I put in what I could. Um, but not having a job and having to make this my thing, like this was my sole, sole source of income at this time. You know, um, it really made me be like, okay, I gotta go hard. So y'all gonna see you, Michelle all up over and through this thing. So I was, you know, getting the pictures taken and I was being active and all of that stuff. But it really taught me to really believe in me and what my capabilities are and to not be afraid to bet on me and to put myself out there. See, that's what I'm talking about. We all need friends like Shay. She's amazing. Okay. <laughs> she is. She really is. And I, I have been, I would say this, this year, brought me um this season I'm not just gonna say this year this season in my life has brought me some amazing people that I would have never even thought like a lot of my closest relationships right now to this day to this day I don't know why that just that makes me laugh but um have been from internet like internet uh conversations just they have they have been my solid core of people like when you look at my bestie like my best friends in real life like people like I operate and I talk to all the time they're people I met off the internet that's very interesting <laughs> that is very interesting yes. yes and I brag about them all the time because they came in my life at a time I didn't know I needed somebody mm -hmm. I didn't know that I needed a change or I needed to do things differently um and they gave me they gave me them unfiltered um, these are people like that weren't just yes people. They believed in me and they want me to go harder. Everything is a, yeah, that's, that's nice, sis. That's cute. So what we doing next month? Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So what we doing this? Like, that's how they're feeding into me. And I had, I have my best friends, but I've always been, um, the poor. I've always been a person that poured into other people and now I'm being poured into. And so it's, it's that shift as of letting people, or that pivot of letting people pour into me that has really helped me as well during this season. See, I'm here for it. You got to definitely always <laughs> appreciate the people that are there for you. I think I, this 
season has a lot of people really lamenting the, the support that they're not getting or the things and mm-hmm. ventures that they're starting and people aren't supporting them or sharing their stuff or anything like that. And it's like, no, it's okay. Like, just be thankful that God sent you who you have and love on them Ooh. and love on them harder. Mm-hmm. Even in those moments, like mm-hmm. when I have those moments when I'm like, oh, you know, somebody didn't do this or this person has been my friend. They haven't even asked about this. I, how I shift my mindset is I just call somebody that I know supports me. Hey, how you doing? What's up? What you doing? This is what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then I'm shifting that thought, that thought process away from what isn't happening and just really appreciating the person that is there. You know, you don't focus on that other stuff. So, Absolutely. And you, and you can't. Um, people ask me all the time, like, well, how do you, this is like the number one question. How do you deal with your family not supporting you or, you know, people around you not supporting you? I'm like, okay, and so my products aren't going to be for everyone around me. None of my people are planners. You know what I'm saying? Like my sister just became a planner and my sister goes hard for me. She's a um, AKA. So she puts all our stuff in the, like all the stuff I make, she put it right in them AKA groups. Baby go hard for her little sister. But before that, she wasn't in the planning. So it, it didn't make sense for her to be she didn't have a, a place to promote me to right. like she is share my stuff but it didn't make sense but what i learned from that was like you can't expect people who have nothing to do with your stuff to do your marketing for yeah. you it's nice that they do you know my brother um i will always always give him big ups because my brother was one of the main people who just always told me go for it i remember one day we were sitting and he was helping me uh put paper clips together for my business like that's how much he really believes in me no matter what crazy idea i have he goes hard for me regardless he's always bragging about his little sister but one thing i realized is that my market is not the same for who people like my family like who I'm selling to. So if you take that out of there and stop expecting people to be your number one fans, your family can support you in other ways. And this is what I tell them. I tell them, you ain't got to buy my product because it's not for you. And I don't want it to sit up. That's a waste of my time as well. But what you can do is hit that share right. button. Right. Cause that's free. Absolutely. That's super free. So don't, don't get so caught up on my family. Don't support me. They not who you want to support you anyway. You want them to be there for you when you come home from a long day of work and you've been hustling seven days out the week. And now you have a family dinner. You want them to say, I see you out there. I see you sis. Big ups to you. Keep going. You want encouragement. You want them to be encouragers in your life, to speak good over your life, but they're not necessarily going to be the ones that go hard and support you. So take that out your mindset and focus on who your target audience is and everybody else will come. Exactly. That's it for this week's episode of the Plan on Purpose podcast. That story was so powerful. Didn't I tell you? I told you. I definitely want to thank E. Michelle for hanging out with us today. If you want to follow more of her story, make sure you check the show notes, go to her Instagram and check out her sticker shop. Just bomb, doing all the bomb things over there. She's definitely going to be your new bestie. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and leave me a review, not just here, wherever you listen to the podcast, but head on over to Instagram and let me know how you're feeling this episode. As always, I'm here to talk if you're here to listen.